有啊，是。<笑><笑>
What would you categorize? So you're in your halfway through the 20s. Yeah, I'm in my mid 20s. Yeah. What right. would you characterize your this decade as for you? My 20s so far. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel the same. Like I've had some. I've had my worst moments in my 20s and my mm-hmm. best ones. Yeah. Like I would. I turned 20 when I was a sophomore in college, and then my junior year was very difficult for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And then, but life. I feel like the hot. Like, 20 to 23 was very difficult for me. Okay. And then 23 to 25 has been pretty pretty easy, Good. I would say. Um, and I hope for that to continue yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Five more um, years. I know. But I do feel like like it's your early 20s are so hard because it's so much is changing and relationships yeah. are changing. You're still maturing so much. Obviously, I'm still maturing, but like I feel a little more settled. Like I'm getting married. Like my life's a little more. Yeah, it's going to be a little more consistent or at least there's going to be one massive part of my life that's consistent. So I look forward to that. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. a plan. I got the guy. <laughs> what else does a girl need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. I'm getting married in five weeks. Holy cow. Isn't that wild when you say it like that? I know. It's 30, so 36 soon. days, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's coming up on a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many more podcasts? <laughs> Four more? God bless you. Thank you. Um, Four more, I think. Yeah. After this. Hmm. Hmm. Have to do something with that. A with, countdown. Yeah. <laughs> One Can we podcast week? from your wedding reception? 100%. <laughs> say less. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot recently. Say less. Like when, pe- when people say something that I'm really excited about, I'll be like, say less. As in like, deal. I'm sold. But Does I've been saying from... it too much recently. It doesn't come from Hamilton. Does it? Talk less. Smile That's... more. Is it smile more? Yeah. Um, I don't think it does. Okay. Say less is funny. Yeah. Pay less. I'm pulling something up about scrupulosity, mm-hmm. which is what, what a we're good intro. About tonight. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about scrupulosity, which was a suggestion by my college friend Joe. Your college friend Joe? Does he listen to our podcast? He does. Hi Joe. Hi Joe. In Hi Columbus. Joe. You even got a singing <laughs> welcome or a greeting. Oh, I he thought you were going to say you've got a singing problem. I was like, I'm you not do sure have it's a, a singing problem. <laughs> is it a problem? Sometimes. Um. <laughs> hey, yeah, you were just telling uh, <laughs> Father Josh about that. Yeah, but he suggested scrupulosity. I think it's a great topic because it comes up, and I learned something brand new today that I did not know before where that word comes from. So scrupulosity comes from the Latin word scrupulous, which means, <laughs> guess what it means? I I want to really guess. Scrupulous? Scrupulous. Is it an... <laughs> You're kind of crazy. You got a scruple loose. Is it noun? <laughs> is it? It's a it, noun. I am. I don't know if I would. It's a noun. It's a small thing. Like an actual, like physical thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Pebble. Huh. Which That's I, less exciting than I expected. I was huh. like, "What's the funniest thing I could think of?" <laughs> I I think so. I like it because it ties into like it's a small thing that people make into a big thing, like. It's a pebble. Turn into a rock. Turn into a boulder. Turn into... Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, so scru- I have a making fun of people problem. That's what I have a problem. Are you scrupulous about it? Mm, we'll find out. No. So scrupulosity <laughs> is sort of like fixating on sins, uh, maybe sometimes despairing of God's mercy, obsessing over confession. It's taking a sin 
or even something that isn't a sin and making it much bigger than it really is. And it can lead people to a lot of bad places, a lot of bad, like the way I guess that I would see it most um, is people who feel like they always need to go to confession and for everything and that they're always sort of like losing God's grace. Um, Yeah, like if you mess up, there's like this massive separation between you and the Lord. mm Mm-hmm. I guess you were, so we were talking about this before and you were like, have you ever struggled with that? And I think I like have occasionally, Mm -hmm. but I didn't remember majorly struggling that, but I just kind of reminded myself, I think I actually did. Um, I would think that if I sinned, whether it was a venial or, or a mortal sin, typically with like a mortal sin, I'd be like, I can't pray until I go to yeah. confession. I think that's a way that it comes out. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to count or like, it's not going to mean anything or like God's not going to want to listen. Like, so obviously that was not all. Tr- I would literally just like in between committing that sin and going to confession, I wouldn't go to daily mass. I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't really pray at all. And that mm-hmm. was kind of like the way it affected me. Have yeah. you ever struggled with it? Yeah, a similar sort of thing of, like, always feeling like I needed to have a a clean slate of, like, if I sinned, um, like, I got to get to confession and start over. And then I'll try, and then by my own willpower, yeah, I will be holy now, um, <laughs> yeah. and I'll never do this again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, that was definitely uh, a struggle, and I think it made confession into the wrong thing. Mm. And then the thing with scrupulosity is that it gets, it's, like, half right Sins are bad, um, and sins separate us from God. Like, that's true, Um, objectively true. The thing that it gets wrong is not all sins are mortal sins. Kind of like I said before, not every random thought that enters your head is something that you chose and um, is a sin. And I think that's one that I see a lot where, you know, someone has a sexual thought and they feel like, well, I've— I've committed the sin of lust. Yeah. Um, That's not necessarily true. If you have the thought, that's not the sin. We've talked about this so Mm -hmm. much before. What do you choose to do? Do you choose to indulge that thought? Now you're getting into sinful territory. Exactly. But, I mean, we're sexual beings, so all of us are going to have a sexual thought that just pops into our head. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not... You don't embrace it. Yeah. And and the same thing could be with anger or revenge Mm -hmm. um, or judgment of somebody like... That initial thought that you didn't choose, yeah, maybe it's a sign of a weakness that you need to work on, but just because it it pops into your head doesn't mean it's a sin. Even, like, there's another layer to this. Um, like, I think one way that people struggle with it is, like, yeah, thinking those involuntary things mm-hmm. are sins, even when they're not. But also, like, scrupulosity comes into play with things that actually are sins. Yes. Not just venial. For one one way is, like, you commit a venial sin and you're like, I need to go to confession right away. But it's yeah. like, nah, mm-hmm. try to not do them. Not a big deal, though. Mm-hmm. And mortal sin thinking, like, I am the worst person in the history of the world. No one else struggles with this. I can't love God yeah. until this is taken care of. Yes. Or I can't be... for. It's so funny before I was like, I don't think I really struggle with this. A big thing for me, too, was like, I can't be holy until I've conquered this. Yeah. Some habitual yeah. sin I might have been struggling with. Mm-hmm. Like, I I won't, it won't be okay even after I've received absolution and forgiveness. Like, it's okay once I haven't done it for like a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that defined holiness for me. And honestly, like, I still struggle <laughs> yeah, with I, that. Yeah, I really get that. And I, I think that 
there's something in scrupulosity of self-reliance and um that's a big part of it for people of like this sin defines me yeah and until i beat this I mean, yeah we talked about habitual sins and it's very tied into that of if i don't beat this then i'm not holy but it's kind of has a presupposition that i can do this on my own yeah um something with mortal sin it's a good distinction with this like something may be objectively a mortal sin like so for example um just because we're talking about like masturbation is a mortal sin material we would say materially or objectively because of what it is yeah but um for an individual person it's not necessarily formally a, a mortal sin because of the different um the, What's the word requirements for of, yeah. of defining a mortal you sin. may not fully know that you may not be totally free yeah and you may not have done it anyway like made you, that free choice yeah a lot of people fall into sexual sin having no idea that it's mm-hmm. sin like oh, i feel like that's a lot of stories i've heard from people of like i didn't know it was a sin until i was already yeah addicted yeah. you know addiction's the right word because it may be a you know objectively a, a mortal sin like it has it's serious and it's bad but you're not freely choosing it and so right. scrupulosity will say well that doesn't matter mm-hmm. it'll say that um this is a mortal sin uh i'm completely cut off from god um until i go to confession but then you get into that especially if you're addicted to a sexual sin or addicted to um you know like caught up in a habit of anger or just anything where it could be a mortal sin it's not just going to go away. Yeah. And that idea of like that that I've struggled with is like, well, if I just get a clean slate, then I'll be good. Yeah. Everything's going to be different then. Something I did for my, and this might work for some people. So don't take this as it's bad. Was like, I, if I found myself struggling with like a particular vice, I do this with honestly, anytime I find myself confessing something over and over, I'll like set this goal for myself. I had to stop doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> of like, Okay, like if it was near New Year's, I'd be like, I'm not going to do it at all in 2023. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, or like, it's a new month, or like, um, it's a new season of my life, like now I'm in it's a relationship, birthday, or now or, it's my yeah. birthday, yeah. I'm not going to do it at all at 25. I would do this with every, I <laughs> literally want to do this with every habitual sin mm-hmm. that I find myself confessing regularly. A big thing that I always find myself confessing is laziness and prayer, like, just those days where I'm like, absolute. I mean, we always had the time, but where I'm like, there was literally no possible excuse for me to make. Like, I just did not choose to go mm-hmm. pray today. And I would do it a lot with this of like, all right, 2023 is going to be the year that yeah. I pray every day exactly. without fail. And then I would mess up and it was like end of the world. Like it, ru- it could potentially ruin the whole year for me of yeah. like. And then what I would do then is like, well, now it's not worth it. I just give up. Yeah. Yep, done. Yeah. So, but maybe that works for some people. Personally speaking, horrible idea for me. Um, because it disregards the mercy of God. And I think that's a big thing we wanted to talk about. Like, we're not saying that certain things aren't sins, that they're not bad, that they don't need reform, but that the pit, the story's not complete without taking God's mercy mm. into account. I always, I think I've said this on the podcast before, like not sin doesn't make like the whole picture doesn't make sense without any of these parts god's original plan adam's sin and our redemption in christ Mm -hmm. um like it 
Those are all important to keep in mind. It doesn't make sense if you remove the sin. It doesn't make sense if you remove the redemption of Christ mm-hmm. or God's original plan. Like it, it's all a part of the story. It's all a part of the journey. And our sin cannot just be looked at as our sin because that will just lead to despair and hopelessness. It needs to be looked at as this, as our sin and what God's original plan was, which shows that our sin is sin. Mm. But also that like, that's not the end of the story. Yeah. But Satan wants it to be and wants to convince us that it is, rather. Something that I came across uh, in getting ready for this episode, like the idea that are our sins so powerful that they can so easily dislodge the grace of God in our lives? Yeah, and um, who are we to, <laughs> to think that? Yeah, that's, that's I a, freaking do it all the time. big assumption like to think, yeah, that every time we sin, it's, again— Sin is serious, and we, you know, we're trying to stop this, but don't make it more than what it is, mm-hmm. and don't make the devil more than what he is. Yeah, like, um, we have to see ourselves in the lens of God's mercy, and see ourselves in the context of Jesus still died for me, knowing that I would struggle with this. Yes, not that like, oh, I would make up my mind one day that I'm never going to commit this sin again. That yeah, knowing t- every detail. Yeah, of knowing every single time up until the day you die that you would sin. Knowing that 2022 wasn't the year of blank. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. like, he knows these, our struggles and our failings and our just like the cycles that we fall into. Yeah. It's not about us. Mm. Like, we don't have to decide, like, that I have to do this. Like, I say it in confession to people constantly, and I have to say it to myself as well. Like, just keep looking at Jesus. Yeah. The goal of our life of uh, discipleship isn't. Really, it's not like to stop sinning. Yeah. The goal of our discipleship is to be united with with Jesus, united with God. That's the point. And not sinning will come out of that. Mm -hmm. And so, like, look, I think that's really, uh, and we could talk about sort of like remedies for scrupulosity. That's a big one is to stop looking at ourselves so much. A mindset shift, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't mean stop trying like it doesn't mean you don't need to avoid sin Mm -hmm. it's what you focus on i think that was a great point that you just made like you're gonna be more successful in combating your sin if you're focusing on having a good relationship with jesus rather than just focusing on not looking at pornography just focusing on not lying Mm -hmm. just focusing because that's the reason why we we say no to sexual sin and say no to lying and judgment and all of these things is for the sake of our relationship with Christ. It's not in and of itself. In and of itself, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, do it. Yeah. You know, but it's for, don't, <laughs> but it is, yeah. it's for a purpose. Like, mm-hmm. it's for the sake of our salvation. And so I think that's just a really good point, like, that we need to drive home is like, what is our end goal? Heaven. Mm-hmm. And if we keep our eyes on that, and make that our love and our desire and the desire of our hearts, yeah. we'll be less and less inclined to sin. I've mm-hmm. seen this in my own life. At the times when I am focusing just on the sin, I might last two weeks, and then yeah. suddenly I tell a lie again, or suddenly I'm not praying again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's because I'm not looking at the bigger picture. But when I'm just focusing every day on falling more in love with the Lord, it, it's not only that just suddenly I don't sin anymore. Suddenly I don't want to sin. Exactly. I'm not attracted to it as much because my heart is elsewhere. It's being transformed. Yeah. And pointed towards its its actual end. Mm-hmm. And I use this analogy a lot. Um, in seminary, I did a lot of mountain biking, and I loved it because it was 
you're going and like you can't think that much. Yeah. You kind of just have to look at the trail and be ready for whatever's next. Like I You can't even think about other things. Yeah, and I wasn't like doing jumps and stuff. Like I was just, <laughs> just riding. He's popping wheelies on the sides <laughs> yeah, of Yes, <laughs> no hands. But uh, <laughs> the thing that would n- make me fall, and I did fall, would be like getting too fixated on, oh, there's a log on the side that I have to avoid, or like looking that there's a hill. Like as soon as you start looking off of the trail, then you can get off balance and fall, and that's what happened. Um, but when you just kind of like live in it and focus on what you're actually doing, then it's it's kind of easy. It's kind of yeah. magical. Because God, like, God's grace is real. Mm-hmm. I've been in a, the past few months of my life, the Lord has been just making that more and more clear. I've always known what grace is. But the past few months, it's just been like, wow, like, sometime, like, it, not sometimes, it really is true. When I just give myself over to the Lord, he literally just makes things happen. Mm-hmm. It takes my yes, like he's not going to force me against my will. But like, if you keep your eyes on him, like I was at once, I struggled a lot in high school. It was a very lonely time in my life. I was one time in, in my, I was in my high school's chapels, beautiful chapel. I'd eat lunch in there, just by myself, chilling in there with Jesus, eating my goldfish, flavor blasted, of course. Yeah. And, um... One time out of nowhere, I was just looking at the Eucharist, literally like, literally eating my sandwich mm-hmm. <laughs> in the chapel. And the Lord spoke a word to me of like, seek me and everything else will fall into place. Mm. And I try to carry that with me of like, look at me, seek me, come after my heart. And all the other things are going to work out. I'm going to clear the, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to give you the grace that you need to combat this sin that you are dying to overcome. You like, it doesn't, <laughs> you know, God doesn't say yeah, look at your sin even more. Yeah. It's like if someone falls down in the mud, like someone picking up your head and shoving it right back <laughs> in the mud. Look what you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not our God. I'm constantly, we put the uh, Rembrandt's, the prodigal son painting in our confessional, so I, I look at it all the time. Um, and just the, like, that the father made the son a son again when he, he like, restored him to his identity out of the filth. And like he, it wasn't like, go clean yourself up. Yeah, he didn't like, wait for him to be clean. Yeah, or... it wasn't like, okay, make amends, and then then you'll be good. Yeah, it's like all you had to do was come back. And the son, even like in that story, something that always strikes me is like, he wasn't like, I'm gonna go back to my dad before I've lost everything because I've realized yeah. I was a jerk. It's like he lost everything, and he was like. I don't really have another option here, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna go back. Like, it's all you can and do. even there, and the lack of the full cleanliness of intention, like, mm-hmm. still, still more. That's yeah. the, all he needed was to look back. Yeah, didn't even matter why he was it, looking. It didn't back. matter. Yeah, he came back. Something, um, kind of like going into ways to fight against scrupulosity. Um, it's good to have a good confessor or spiritual director. And I think, like, if if you're depressed, um, and we can talk about this, uh, if you're depressed, um, you see things through that lens. Yeah. And everything can be, like, sort of tainted by that, that even good things. It's like those drunk goggles you wore in yeah. third grade so that you would never <laughs> drink and drive. <laughs> I feel like I remember it that at least middle school. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, so you got those goggles on. And everything looks bad. And sometimes it's really important to have a friend or a counselor or somebody to say, like, no, like, 
that's depression talking. Like mm. the, the truth is things are better. And scrupulosity can very much be the same thing of you look at yourself through this l- lens of I'm always sinful, like I'm always out of God's grace. Um, I, I'm failing it constantly. That's why it's so good to have a good confessor who can say, that's not a sin. Um, or a good friend that can that can tell you, like, especially a spiritual director that can say, like, like that's not the truth. You're, yeah. you're, you're believing a lie and living from a lie. And it takes real trust when you're scrupulous to trust that person that, like, okay, I'm going to... And I've had this situation with people come to confession who've said they're scrupulous, and I've kind of had to say, like, you need, like, you don't want to believe me, and this doesn't feel real, but this is the truth. Like, this isn't a sin, or this isn't, or there are reasons why this is not a mortal sin. Yeah. Because you're addicted to it, or it's a habit, or you weren't totally free. So that's can be a really, a real game changer of talking to someone about your scrupulosity and, uh, why having a regular confessor can be a big help so that they understand. And it's not just you coming to a new confessor every week, like, here's the million sins that I always Confession commit. hopping. Confession hopping. And that's A former hobby of mine. <laughs> yeah, scrupulosity fits into confession hopping really well. Yeah. Because then it's you feel bad about your sins and just jump around. And confession just kind of becomes like... I don't like a vending like a machine. band-aid sort of like or, yeah like is it really like and everyone's different but is it really that you're going to be cleansed from your sinner just to feel better that's a really good way of putting it and like going to to feel better but like not dealing with the underlying problem yeah the underlying problem like yeah I'm sure everybody sins but in that case if you're scrupulous the underlying problem is the scrupulosity mm-hmm. um that's like messing up your spiritual life, making it hard for you to seek God and to see the truth about how he loves you and, and and how he wants you to live. Yeah. What is like the typical advice or response that you as a priest give someone, I'm sure particularly in confession, who you either sense is being a little scrupulous or you or they just tell you they struggle with it? It's less often that someone tells me that they struggle with scrupulosity. Sometimes they do, and that helps. And so that's maybe that's good advice of mentioning it. That, yeah. Because that puts a whole different spin on everything else someone's going to say. Um, but I think just like trying to really help them see the truth. And um, when you can kind of tell when someone is scrupulous when they're confessing because the way they say things and that all these things become major problems or major sins to just point out like well yeah like this may be a sin but it's not what you think it is or yeah. or like people will sometimes say like i don't know if that's a sin but i want to confess it anyway um, oh yeah and like i get the impulse like but like either it is or it isn't um, it's and, like a fear of hell yeah like i don't like the idea of like i just better cover my bases with god mm. like he knows he sees the reality of it. If it's not a sin, it's not a sin. And I've had confessions where people have come and they've told me something, we talked about it, and I'm kind of like, that's not a sin. You don't need to go to confession for this. What is, like, the thing that you feel like you hear the most that people think is a sin? Like thoughts. Yeah, like, like having a sexual thought or having a sexual thinking thought. A bad about someone or something like that. Yeah, and in a way you could say, like, they're intrusive thoughts. Like, they don't, they're not necessarily coming from us. Yeah. And, like, everybody has 
either like a sexual thought or a judgmental thought. Like people have also everybody has weird thoughts. Everybody has. Weird I feel thoughts. like we all think that we have these thoughts that are like weird, but so it's like only us. Mm-hmm. We've all got some weird freaking thoughts. Uh huh. Like. Uh, that was like one of the most valuable things that I learned in therapy was like, I'd say these things that I was like, he's going to think I'm a psychopath. And I tell him, I think this, he'd be like, yep. Like, like we all experience intrusive thoughts, some more than others. Sure. But like, we can't control what comes into our mind all the time. Like, And, and that ties really like a part of scrupulosity that can be there is acting like our psychological problems or mental illness aren't a reasonable explanation for why something is in a sin. Yeah. Like, if you really suffer from intrusive thoughts and uh, just, like, it's a it's a psychological problem, like, that's not a sin. Yeah. That you're dealing with this thing. Deal with the actual problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm, you know, we're not saying any of this. So like, straighten yourselves out, scrupulous people. Yeah. But, like, I think just it's good to speak honestly and firmly about... Uh, that like we don't have to be afraid of God. Yeah. Um. We should come to Him and trust. We should, you know, a, a fear of hell isn't a bad thing. <laughs> like right. It, it's a real thing. And it is. Lit- fear of the Lord is literally a virtue. Yeah, but it's not a, a fear in the sense of like not believing that He loves us or yeah. that He knows us. Like He knows. Oh, yeah. The situations. He knows the circumstances. Um. And he's not just kind of like, like a, I don't know, a traffic cop or something. Like, no, you went one mile over. Sorry, like you the get worst. a ticket straight to hell. Um, but like, like he Highway he knows. Way to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of this podcast: Highway to Hell, it's, baby. It's, that'd be funny if the, it got like blocked by Apple because we used ACDC music. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, like. It's good if if you do have psychological problems that lead you to intrusive thoughts or and like people confess depression. Um, and I oh I used to all the time. Yeah, I specifically say well, depression is not a sin. Good. Um, and you can't. Yeah, it, God doesn't like the fact that you feel sad, even if it's not like depression. Depression, it's not a sin. Yeah, um, and something I just want to interject. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of priests who are in an older generation don't really understand mental illness and things that come with it. I personally, I'm just saying this, made me mm-hmm. think of this, had a horrific <laughs> confession once when I was in high school where I confessed something that now I know is not a sin. It was kind of like a result of mental illness and something I was struggling with due to my depression and my anxiety. And the priest was like, why would you ever think that? Oh, gosh. And I, if I was not... And I had a lot of growth to do, but I was at least well-formed enough in my faith. It hurt a lot, but to know, like, that he was wrong. I hear so many people have similar stories. Mm-hmm. If Right now, I want to tell you, and I have a priest here to back me up. <laughs> if you were ever told in confession or by a church leader or someone in your church or parent or anything like that, you are not holy because of what you struggle with because of your mental health. Like, mm-hmm. literally a lie. Incorrect, yeah. false, send it back to hell. It's not true. Mm-hmm. So just thought I'd say that. Exactly. And sort of a similar thing, we can easily treat scrupulosity almost as a virtue. Yes. Like, that, like, I'm really concerned about my sins. I really, I 
look for every little thing and look for every opportunity where I may have sinned. Because I want to be holy so bad, and yeah. that makes me great. Yeah, yeah. like the instinct is good of like to be free from sin, but um, it's not a virtuous thing to, to look at ourselves through a false lens, to, to believe lies about ourselves or about God. Yeah. And scrupulosity leads to that, of not believing the truth about who we are and who God is. Yeah, period. Yes. Well, Father Michael. Yes. How has God loved you lately? I feel like we haven't recorded in a while also. Is we, that true? Yeah, because uh, what happened was you were going, we sat down to record and I was exhausted <laughs> and I couldn't think. And I suggested 20 times. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't do it. And then I did it, did it with Joe, but it's only two, like three days later, no episode happened that week. Well, that was But then we did record, but it was a week ahead of time. So oh. that's why. So it's been two weeks or three? I don't know. I don't know. It, it just feels been like a long time. Anyway. How has anyway, God loved me lately? How has God loved me lately? Hmm. Are you asking me? Or? Well, I'm ask- you're asking me. I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, I just went out to Minnesota recently, which is, if you don't know, where I do all my recording. And I've just, I've been going out there for like five years now, and I've just formed a beautiful little family out there of people who are just such dear friends who I love very much. And some of the my like girlfriends out there. Um, so I work with the people at my label. It's like three guys who I do all my work with. But I'm friends with their wives. And the three wives and then one of their sisters and the photographer that I work with out there all threw me a surprise bachelorette party and just like took me out for a night in uh, Minneapolis. And it was so fun. And like... There's just something about people doing something for you where they, like, don't have to. Like, they weren't my bridesmaids. They had no reason to have to do that or feel like they had to. Mm-hmm. They just, like, wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, so special. And yeah. I felt very, very loved. And it, we had such a good time. And, yeah, it's, like, a, a really cool part about engagement is people kind of come out of the word works to show you how much they love you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It nice. was, it was pretty awesome. cool. How about you? Monday was my birthday was was a long day. Yeah, it was rough. Um, partly this is not your fault. I picked you up from the airport the night before, yeah. and it got crazy delayed. Oh gosh, that sucked. Yeah. and so that was a late night. And but then, I got to be your first happy birthday wish. That's true. So yeah. worth it? I think totally so. worth it. <laughs> so I was up late that night, and then it was just like the whole stuff with the chocolate and the dog, and it was like I was especially the moment where I was like I have to drive to Pittsburgh now, which is. Like an hour, and it away. was at like eleven thirty. That that yeah, happened. it was just, it was just, but like it all went fine. It was all good. It wasn't terrible, and I think that like it was just nice to like. It's so good when like I gave in to the like, ugh, like I hate everything about this, and uh, and you know having the dogs been really challenging, um, but uh, the, having that experience of like okay, it went way easier than I thought it was. It all was fine. And Obi's okay. Obi's okay. Cake and wings. Okay. What? Cake and wings. Cake Sorry. and wings? You had cake and wings that day. I did. I think that's fun. Those wings were amazing. They gave me a massive stomach ache, though. And then we didn't eat the cake until... Right now. Yeah, today. An hour ago. I make Father Michael a cake every year on his birthday that says old. I do love that cake. I think so, too. But it's and the third year. Yeah, so. three old. Um, I love just a normal chocolate cake like that. Do you really? Because like the like creamy icing, 
makes me kind of sick. Like Really? Because this is great because I was disappointed because I like baking cakes. I didn't make them from scratch. Mm-hmm. I like got it from... Mm-hmm. I got the mix from the grocery store but i like making cakes from scratch i just didn't have the time but i usually make that frosting so this is great to know no i like this yeah okay it's just like it's it makes me think of childhood yeah (laughs) i love that straight up chocolate cake and sit old on it i know but next year he's gonna be in his 40s which means he's gonna have to be to to graduate to really old have i so i've known you since you were 35 uh 36 how long have we known each other uh four years yeah 35 Three years? Four years. I'm about to go into my fourth year of work. Oh, three years. So I started in 2019. Mm -hmm. I I met you in June of 2019. Okay. Or May. 36 or something? Yeah, something. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're going to go over the the edge. I love it. Into very old. Into very old. Give them a year. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Do you know what that's from? Bleep, bleep, bleep. See you next time.